Greetings, podcast enthusiasts near and far. I'm Paulette Gloria Harwood, and I'm your host of Thriving in Chaos. As podcasts are the trendy things to do these days, I thank you for sharing the love by tuning in. I'm thrilled you're listening to the sparkling examples of excellence in womanhood I find and curate. I believe these inspiring, wise, powerful, trailblazing souls light the way for us as we each learn to gracefully navigate our journeys. As a certified divorce coach, I have been witness to confusion, sadness, change, and growth. I have learned that all we really need is to share our knowledge, support, and love to guide our sisters to all the possibilities in life. I am dedicated to helping clients leave behind the turmoil, confusion, and chaos of divorce while adding value to their best life with tips, tools, and personal experience. If you are so inspired, please subscribe to my podcast and share with others you think who may benefit. And now, let's thrive in chaos. And what are you going to do with this, Joan? And I said, well, people should know this. So I I just started. I just started in um, cold calling and... And at this point, I think I've, re- I've probably had about six, seventy talks, and and it's it's the type nobody really wants to hear about this. I can't blame them, but it's important that you know because you don't want to know after the fact. Um, but it's also there, and as you know, with technology, everything is spreading so fast. You can't really predict where it's going. These are clever, sophisticated businessmen. These are not street thugs. They know what they're doing. The money is there. Unfortunately, we are, our police and law enforcement aren't educated as well as they should be. Not their fault. The money just isn't there. It always comes down to the money. Um, people haven't been educated to this. When we read about this in the paper, all we read about are these girls who get into this, who are coerced into this, or and then we hear about the pimps, who are the pimps, are the guys that coerce them in. And then the pimp sells them to the buyer, which is the John. We never hear about the John. We only hear about the pimps. If it weren't for the John, if it weren't for somebody wanting to buy, there'd be nothing to sell, and it would be over. So the problem really is the buyer. And um, we have to start talking about that. We have to start getting real about that. We have to start understanding that. And... Um, you know, most pimps started off, a lot of them, in drugs. and But you can make much more money in traffic, sex trafficking, so they switched over. Um, but the, the, the penalties of few, if, if anything, you, you'll get girls arrested. Girls will be arrested. The victims will be arrested. The pimps will be arrested. Hardly ever do you get a, uh, a buyer arrested. And those who are arrested hardly ever go to trial. So, unfortunately, the political will isn't there. I'm not saying that people don't care. The, I know the... I know those people who know about it care, but you have to be educated about it or you don't understand really how it works. It's, you know, and, and because most of these girls, most of these girls who, who unfortunately are trapped into this, trapped in this, most of them come from poverty. Most of them come from abuse. 
And so they don't have a big voice. They don't have any clout. They don't have any real, you know, people rooting for them or knowing about it that, that can do anything. They don't come from privilege. They don't. So, so that's, that's sort of how things work. And, um, but I'll tell you, the young people that I've talked to in college and some high schools, um, they know what it is and they care about it. And some of them are actually taking program, you know, taking a line of study that's going to put them into law or law enforcement or the judiciary or social work or whatever. It, it, it's going to start getting better, I hope. It isn't better now. It hasn't been better for the seven years that I've, the money's just gotten better and so forth. So therefore it just keeps going on. But um, hopefully, uh, my hope is in these kids that are getting out of college now and in the next two or three years because they are already going to be knowledgeable by the time they start in whatever law form or whatever they do. Um, they know about it. They're going to educate others. And But... You know, we can all know about it, and then we can all make sure that we don't make jokes about it, or, or those things also allow it to be normal in our, in our vernacular, normal in our daily lives, and acceptable. And it's just not acceptable. No. I mean, if you could meet, if you could meet these girls who, uh, whom I know because I'm connected with a safe house, uh, you know, they're just anybody's kid. <laughs> they're just. Yeah, but for the grace of God, they just, it's just sad to see how broken these kids are, and they will get help. Those who are able to get out, most of them just fade into the background, but those who are able to get out, they will get some help, but uh, I don't know, it's it's um, it's pretty damaging. Mm. So I don't know how I wound up here, but, uh, but I did, and um, here I'll stay. <laughs> You know, it's just it's just funny. You just look for those. You don't even have to look for those signs. They just happen to you in life, and you just go with it. Isn't that the truth? Well, you know, yeah. Joan, if I think about my journey of how you and I just stumbled upon meeting each other, here I was, you know, in situate, teaching a Pilates yoga class, and you were in my right. class looking for right. wellness and well-being, and I was doing my work, and you were doing your work, and... And here we are, I would say seven or so years later. It was probably that's right, 2012, that's right. back when I was yeah. teaching group exercise classes in Sydney. Right. And uh, how much has changed of my life and my God, darling, you know, Miss Joan Barry, who has now approximately <laughs> given 70 speeches to educate women about the dangers of human trafficking. And to right. look at you, and not to stereotype, but you have to remember this is a podcast, although we are going right. to start doing them on video for YouTube. Um, if, you know, to look at you, you live in a lovely suburban house in Norwell, Massachusetts, you know, delightful homemaker, you're, you know, educated, well-bred, lovely woman, um, just an absolute um, delight to know. I, I, I commend you for really getting out of your own comfort zone to to get out there and speak and advocate and educate and make people aware of this incredible um, devastation uh, of what's well, happening is, to yeah. women. The fact that you're involved right. in safe houses. And it's really so important to Elizabeth and I to have this forum for women to really explore and educate everything about what is really in 
our society as a whole, as the family unit, moving forward as a community. Because if we don't stick together and really work and build um, a knowledge base and a deeper understanding of what it means to live your best self, when you live in a vacuum and you don't have an understanding of what is going on in the world, I have to say, you can't live your best, most authentic life. No. Because you and you are don't really get to know, yeah. Superficial. And you don't and get to you don't get to know who you really you know, as you say, your true self. Yes. Hell yes. And forgive my French, but we yeah. do a little bit of cursing here, but in a, a ladylike way. But uh right. yeah, and there are certain things that are you know, this is a very controversial and difficult topic. And I typically try to not, you know, delve into things that are too upsetting, but you know, I'm a little bit of a button pusher. You know me, you know, I'm not one to sit still and, you know, let people just bullshit me and walk, walk away, you know, Uh, and you know, you do bring up the fact that this is a today that it's violent and this is a huge business and it's no longer the oldest profession, but it's the oldest mm-hmm. oppression. Like, right. oh my God, that should be a bumper sticker or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, it, you know, and I did grow up thinking that prostitution was the oldest profession. I do remember my father joking about it. And, you know, oh, but, God, you know my father yeah, my father's been gone a long time, and it, that was back in the 80s, or, you know, when... Right, it, That right. was different. It was very different. So, and, you know, uh, yeah. we did grow up in a very non-political... I'm sorry, uh, non-political... Uh, what's that called? Right. Politi- politically correct home. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, my, my family was... My parents were quite non-politically correct. So, or it was pre-politically correct, shall we say. So, you yeah. know, but it was, it was sort of something that you thought it was a choice. And, like, well, you know, she's making money. No one's... Right anybody but you know what 2.5 million people every year are dragged and vacuumed into this horrific uh-huh. violent oppressive a devastating right. prison of of a yeah. life and with 40 to 50 percent of them being children and 80 percent of them being women and you did mention that you know there is a growing number for requests for boys Oh my yeah. God! It just makes my stomach yeah. turn. And you know it's difficult about. Uh, well, it's, it's difficult, of course, in the same level for everybody. But the people that I know that um, that mentor these children and these young young girls and boys, typically they were mentoring for like the. It's only been the last two or three years that they have gotten young boys in there because young boys are are pimped also. A pimp is the guy who coerces them in. Uh, I'll keep saying that because people are always confused on the, everybody's titles. But um, but they, all, pretty much all of the mentors, who mentor, mentee, the people who mentor are people who have been in the field themselves mm. because who better? And it's hard for the boys because they should have boy mentors, male mentors, you know? So so that's even difficult. But as time goes on, I'm sure there will be male mentors, but mentees, but... Um, but it's it's I, I admire the kids in there who who stick with it. I mean, I've met so many of them and their children, of course. Um, and um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just yeah. you just look at them and they they look like anybody's kid. I tell you what, they they might put that smile on, and they know, you know, 
how to act and stuff. But behind it all, you just have to look at them. The more you get to know, you just, oh, wow. You know, like, oh, wow. But I'll tell you, at looking as white, being as white suburban and as, as I am, and looking as white suburban as I am, was the reason that I thought that I could bring it to the suburban audience in a much better way, because I just labored, and still do. Somebody said to me, you know, when you start this talk, Joan, when you, you're only going to just you know, make your talk, and then you, you create your talk, and then everything, you can do something else, and then when anybody calls you for a talk, you've got your talk. Well, I'll tell you, I never have done a talk without fussing with it at least for three or four days. <laughs> totally fussing with it. Totally fussing. Okay, I'll see an expression on somebody's face when I'm talking, speaking, and, and, um, and oh, or I could tell from people's questions that they're not getting it. So you go back to those spots and you try to, the content is always the same, but how you express it is always different because you begin to, who, you, who your audience is, is there, are they 18 and 20 years old or are they, are they, you know, are they people in their 50s and 60s and, you know, what do they relate to? You have to say it in a way that people understand it. It's just not all the same for everybody as far as I'm concerned. And that, that actually is a pretty creative process for me and being, you know, having been in the interior design field, I, I'm pretty creative. So, so that part of it, I can disassociate and just do the creative, but, but I, but you're always, I'm always working toward making it understandable because in 35, 40 minutes, that's all you've got. And this is a bit to tackle this and to have people understand exactly how this industry works and why it matters that everybody know about it and why it matters if it's ever going to get, if we're ever going to get rid of it, everybody has to know and care about it. That's the reason why it's still here is because it never gets the limelight. You know, it never gets slim. And people can do very simple things like just speaking up. If if somebody makes a crude, rude remark about uh, all those girls or whatever, you know, you don't have to give a lecture. Nobody wants to hear it, but you just have to, something like, well, you know, I, I've heard something, I, I've, I've read something, or I recently heard a talk on this, and it's just not what you think. It can be very innocuous. And that tells people that are, that are willing to make those remarks that this is not acceptable. We can all do that. There's very little you, you can do really except try to keep the, you know, keep the information out there when it's appropriate and try to speak up when and if you can. It's not easy. But it's a fact, Paulette, that you, when you recently knew that were reacquainted with this, this, this is what I was doing, and you were just, oh my gosh, I want to talk about this. I mean, that is not the reaction I get from a lot of people. <laughs> so that's doing, you have to, you know, that is doing something, not only to help these girls, but to support the people who are trying to help the girls. Like, yeah, somebody cares, you know. That's important. It's all important. All of it's important. So um, people don't think sometimes they're doing something, and they're doing a great deal. They're doing a great deal. Mm. And, you know, we're, we appreciate it. Well, thank you, Joan. But I, for me, it's a non-negotiable. And so can oh, that's you, you paint me a picture just for myself and Elizabeth and our audience as a large, because our audience is really growing considerably. And, again, I, you know, I know you and I are just sort of reconnecting, and it's just making my heart sing. But um, who are the audiences that you're... Uh, speaking to, who are the audiences that you're presenting an educational awareness lecture, if you want to call it that, 
could you paint me a paint us a picture of like who they sure. are, their responses, what what can be done to support these young women predominantly, um, and young men, young boys, teenagers, children that are trying because their employees know something about it, and and it's a good thing, um, you know. So just any group, any religious civic group, and I, and I would give a talk any place. Um, it doesn't matter where it is. There's no charge for it. And people get, people have to understand how this works. They then begin to tune into who's in it and how they can help. Um, there are things, I mean, there will be more things coming up now because of group that I'm working with where we are going to be congregating and uh, talking specifically about the demand side of the equation, the, you know, the ask, those who are buying, because that is the whole problem. And we're going to be um, talking about that and putting together some programs and some outreach to in the communities to do something about that. Finally, that, that would be a very good thing. Um, and we then, at that time, I, I meet people at these talks, um, after the talks, um, and many of them are in different fields of, uh, and uh, I've kept in touch with them. And some of them I will invite into this group that's going to be going forward if they're interested. And, you know, people are interested. Um, so, uh, who was the other? Yeah, so, yeah, just knowing about it and caring about it, you will speak up. You, right. If you hear something on the radio, if you hear something, if you read something in print, and it's misinformation once you know what the correct information is. It is misinformation, or it's derogatory, or insulting to the victims. You can mm -hmm. call, you can tweet, you can, you can do something. You have to let them know that I'm your audience and I care about this. That's yeah. powerful. That is extremely powerful. These are the tools that we have. These yeah. are the tools that we have. And we, and we can use them. Well, Joan, Steve and I travel quite a bit, and I have to say that over the last few years, we have noticed in airports, particularly in Central America and the Caribbean, which is where a lot of, you know, some of that can, can initiate from, uh, particularly in, you know, Guatemala, Nicaragua, Central America, right. South America. Although I, I've done a little bit more research, and I understand that Tel Aviv and Switzerland are highly involved in this as well. So the, that was a little disturbing, but it's all disturbing. So forgive me if I get a little bit, uh, you know, emotional, because you know me, that's just, I don't take anything with a grain of salt. So, but I, we have noticed posters in the bathrooms uh, at the uh, customs offices about trying to educate the general public about just what international human trafficking is and uh, allowing like young people to know the dangers and what to look for. And, yes. you know, when you yes. look in, you know, according to the international definition of human trafficking, you get the recruitment, transportation, transfer, harboring, or purchase of persons for the right. sole purpose of exploitation. They don't even it's necessarily slavery. mention yeah. sex, right? And it's even human beings being disposed of as if they're kind of goods or services and bought and sold, you know, irrationally. And then trafficking yeah. really exploits human beings not only 
for what we think of as sexual exploitation, but income, that's how they make their money. This is a multi, I don't want to say billion, but it could be a billion. Is it million, billion? I don't know. Industry. And it forces yeah. labor, sex, and, and human organs, which is incredibly right. disturbing. Um, I, I find that a lot of these young children are found dead and beaten. And oh, yeah. Destroyed oh, yeah. Uh, physically and mentally and emotionally destroyed. By the time they become yeah. 21 years old, they're, uh, oh, you yeah. know, they're just old and um, their souls are beaten. So... You know, oh, trafficking yeah. takes advantage of poverty and lack of yeah. pr any prospect of future hope for a better mm -hmm. future itself and really luring the victim and tricking mm -hmm. them into other countries where they yeah. there have no family, no support system, no friends, yeah. no financial means in order to take care of themselves. So mm -hmm. the more I learn about this deprivation of personal rights and freedom of speech and independence and even self-respect as right. a core value of being a human, it mm -hmm. blows my mind that every school in America, in Canada, in Europe is not educating our children in the necessity of understanding this industry. Oh, there's my soapbox for Well, you. well, you know, yeah, it would be nice. I, I, that's interesting. And I have spoken to the um, super, super assistant superintendents of school in the South Shore. You know, I, 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 I'm, I know what you're saying, and, uh, and I wish that it would get into the schools. And it is in some schools, and okay. it might go there. But I'll tell you the impression that I got, which... I mean, the schools do an amazing job, which is why we think they should do everything. <laughs> but yeah. they have so much on their plate, just of like the, the police. They have so much on their plate. The responsibility really is at home. Now, if you get into some, some communities where there is a lot of poverty and there, there is abuse at home and so forth, those teachers, of course, are trained more. Mm. Into you know what what are the signs of this? How they'll know, they know just instinctively who their students are sitting in front of them and which which ones could be in trouble. There are signs, but when you get out into the suburbs here, that isn't the case. And yes, there could be students in front of them. Uh, but so I mean, I don't fault the teachers because I I understand that this is just one more thing that we expect them to do, and you know we have to take that responsibility ourselves. But. Um, I think I think it is going to get into the schools a little bit, little bit more because once it gets into businesses, and the people in business start talking about that at the dinner table, you know, it just sort of goes all around. But, right. um, but yeah, it's. Um, I have spoken at at. Uh, I wasn't going to to tell you the truth. Speak at high schools because I really thought that the talk that I give, which is forty minutes, was was pretty in depth and might be a little raw for some kids. It's not. Um, you know, it's it's not really bad, but uh, you know what I'm talking about. It's not yeah, G-rated. Not... Pardon me? It's not G-rated. No, it's not. <laughs> um, and so, but that's right. So I didn't want to go there. Yeah. But 
a uh, few high school bands, men I did go, and I was just amazed at their knowledge level in terms of this. They I mean, know, they, Joan, no. They know, so I thought, wow, what am I afraid of? You know, these kids exactly. know what's out there. And what, you yeah, know, yeah. the way kids grow up so darn fast these yeah. days. All yeah. you have to do is yeah. put on your laptop and Google anything, and damn, it's yeah, pretty right. scary yeah. what comes up. So, you know, for yeah. the audience here, um, and, and those of us sitting at home and thinking, like, gosh, like, okay, I've heard about arranged marriages where some very wealthy gentleman might want to buy a bride, and um, whether she's 14, 16, 18, and they fudge the paperwork with how old she is, and what was it about mail order brides, and you know, they right. really kind of are maybe um, immigrate legally or illegally. They go there for mm-hmm. the false premises of work or a prospective marriage. Do, is that mm-hmm. still something that's going on? Or is it more towards the being exploited and um, you mean, you know, forced You mean the, the arranged labor? marriages thing? The arranged marriages? Yeah, is that, is that still going something on? that is still... It's con- not, we don't connect that with trafficking so much. Okay. That's a whole different thing. Those are, that, the families know about that, so... If there was an arranged marriage, oh, you mean arranged marriages where the families don't know? So that well, would probably it's be it's more of like I've heard stories of there being like a false, you know, if you come here for work or a perspective of having a relationship with this older gentleman, um, oh. and the, and they're in such poverty or such fear or looking right, for right. opportunity, you know, maybe a 14, 15, 16 year old girl might say, well, right. if I come there to work and he'll, you know, he tells me he loves me and I'm beautiful and he'll care for me. And, and right. it, it could maybe turn into a loving, wonderful relationship. I've heard stories right. where that feeling of really, particularly young women who don't have love and acceptance and they feel they have no opportunity for a better future. And there's really no security at home or in their community and they feel like hey it's an opportunity and those are the ones that are the most vulnerable as you mentioned well right poverty. right right um but yeah. it seems to be bigger than that it, you know from everything that you've shared it it feels like there's this deceit um and agreements and these false boyfriends or johns as you call it yeah right things. right um and well the boyfriending is, the boyfriend, is a process yeah. that that's what that is that they are looking for vulnerable girls, you know, and they do spend some time with them. That's why it's not kidnapping. We've heard a lot about this being kidnapping. Right. It is the opposite of kidnapping. But uh, they do take time to get the, these girls in. But while they're interviewing these girls over a period of day, a week, or, or two months, they are learning a lot about them. Like, what are, the, who are, the, what are their fears? What are, they, what are they missing in their lives? Are they missing the mother's touch? Are they missing a, a protective father? Are they missing a friend? They will be that. And they prey on it, right? Of course. Yes. That's the whole thing. And the sadness of it is, so that that can happen to rich girls and poor girls and girls yes, in the middle. Exactly. You know, that happens to everybody. Right. And and then when, um, after these girls then are taken in by this guy, and after he grooms them and goes through that terrible process of grooming them and throwing them out there for sex 10 to 15 times a night, a lot of these girls continue to think that that is their boyfriend. That that shows you how deeply their loneliness is. Mm, mm. You know, that they just crave. And even a lot of girls that we get in the safe house or who are mentored by organizations that mentor but don't have a safe house, don't stay because 
they're they're missing the love they thought they had. Not by the people who are buying right. them, not the Johns, but by the people who are pimping them, the, yeah. the ones who get them in. But um, so, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a sad statistics on the um, the odds or the uh, you know numbers of percentages of those that are quote unquote kidnapped versus those that are lured into this grooming interview process. Well, if you call it kidnapping, there's no, I mean, if you call it trafficking, there is no kidnapping. Uh. Trafficking and kidnapping are opposites. Yes. If you kidnap, kidnap implies force. Uh. I'm gonna yes. grab you. I love I'm gonna throw you in the car. I'm gonna down. tape your mouth. I'm gonna educate tape your ear. I'm going to, yeah. No, that's why it's important that you understand that that trafficking is something different. Your your child could be meeting with somebody at a McDonald's or wherever our country, you know, and, and meet them once a week and think it's their boyfriend. <laughs> There's not going to be a mark on them. And then one day, boom, you know, after she moves in with him or whatever, he's got her out. He's got her out working sex. But um, but no, kidnapping is a whole different thing. It's a it's a forceful act. Um, and um though yeah so but but traffickers take their time when now when they're trafficking girls say in eastern europe or or um russia or places around the globe to take them into our country they what they do there is they will go into these very rural poor areas mm. and promise the parents oh I, your daughter's beautiful and i know i can get her an acting job in the united states and the parents are hand these kids over because they're, they can't even afford to feed them. And they hand these kids over. And these traffickers continue to write letters to the parents, you know, just assuring them that the daughter's fine and he may even send them a little bit of money every once in a while. I mean, it's, it's totally sophisticated in terms of a business operation. These mm -hmm. are business operations. Now, you can have your straggler pimp. You can have a guy who is a thug who just is well, they're all thugs, really. But, I mean, if you can have a guy who's just going to take a girl and coerce her in and then that's the only girl he's going to have, whereas most pimps have four or five girls. And, and you know, he's, he's not doing it in the way that I'm describing it. But they don't last that long. Right. You know what I mean? They're just off to the next criminal activity. Um, and they're not clever enough. Mm. They're not clever enough. And besides, they haven't solidified the relationship up front to be able to keep these girls. Right. So even these girls, when you have a pimp who has four or five girls, which uh, which 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 most of them do, um, they will have a lead girl, and the lead girl, which you you attain that status after a while when he when you've been there for a while and he totally trusts you. So that if you go out with these girls, say you're taking these girls from one state to another or one place in the community to another, you stop someplace and these girls go into a convenience store or what to buy something. That lead girl has got her eyes on all those girls. So, uh, you know, just to make sure they're not going to run or to make sure they're not saying anything they shouldn't be saying if they're asked questions or whatever. So if you ever see anybody that you suspect, I have cards that I give out with a, with a number on it where if you see something you suspect, you call this 800 number and they will contact police in your area and it gets taken care of in terms of places where things have been seen. Um, so it, 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 it's, it's very, it's, it's, it's a very um, sophisticated um, 
process. Yeah. And, uh, and they know what they're doing. They're very successful at it. Um, it's not kidnapping. It is just not kidnapping, mm. you know? Yeah. And that, yeah. that's important to understand Thank so you that you will be cautioning your kids, yeah, in, in the right levels, you know? Yeah. But it's, it's sad. It's very sad. And um, I don't know. So you mentioned it, it about would, 30 years ago that this changed. Was that because of the development the of the Internet? I'm, yes, because it made it so much easier. Well, it's pretty much not on the streets anymore. Yeah. You know, it's not street um, run. It's run through, you know, right. on the internet and, you know, and papers and stuff like that. And, and uh, yeah, it was, um, and besides, you know, everybody just gets a little bit more clever at their work. And um, I don't know, with this, just feel you can get rich and you can you can make a ton of money doing this this is now you're talking about how much money comes in you know just to give you an example uh, Apple makes about between you know I think it's 20 20 20 25 uh, or maybe it's 40 40 billion a year annual global profits Apple human trafficking globally their profit their net profit is 150 billion dollars that gives you an example Hundred and fifty billion dollars. That's you know, for the whole industry and that's globally and that's labor trafficking and sex trafficking. Sex trafficking being the largest of uh you know, of that of that group. They bring in more money. Sex trafficking brings in much more money than labor trafficking. And one of the largest components of labor trafficking is domestic uh domestic workers. And domestic workers have a terrible life. A lot of them get abused, but they never see the light of day. They they will bring a, somebody in to be their maid and cook and everything else. They work ten, twelve hours a day. They never go out. It's 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 a brutal life. Um, and 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 be, and they're not seen at all ever. Right. So it's hard to detect that. Mm-hmm. Very hard to detect that. Right. So you understand how much money has to go into this investigating these things in order to get a result. Right. And, and, you know, we have, and you can also understand why there's plenty of stuff that we also already have to take care of. So how are we going to get this money, or not we, but how how are the, the agencies and government and law enforcement and all that, how are they going to get this money? If people know, and then the next time you're at a rally or you're somebody's doing a talk, a political talk, and running for office or something, and you could bring up the question, you know, I was, um, what, what are you going to be doing about this human trafficking thing? Get it out there. If you say that in, 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 in front of 100, 200 people, you are doing something. You are doing something. That's what we need. We need people doing these things that get it out. You know, I was at this talk last night, and somebody, talk, you know, just keep talking about it. I think if I talk, if I'm talking to 100 people, in 24 hours, those 100 people have already told one person. That's 200, right? That 200 turns into 300, 300 turns into 550. It goes like that. And then you take each person there, you know, and each talk. That's how it spreads. Mm-hmm. And that's because once you really know what it is, and and then also, once you really know what it is, and you read an account of something happening in the paper, you you know more than most people know. You you can really think around that and through that. And, and you know, you, you know, you know more than what they're telling you. Right. Because you know how it got there. You know how it's not going any further. You know how who's involved. 
you know what they're getting away with and all you know it's 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 really a, an educational process but um well, Joan, so you we are grateful. no sorry about that yeah. continue no, I'm fine. Uh, you you mentioned um, briefly law enforcement agencies, organizations, and government. Like in passing, is there a particular particular governing body that we can call or write to that is uh, overseeing this um, atrocity here in the states? Well, I'll tell you who's doing a wonderful job. We we're lucky in Boston. We have the Mayor Walsh, in fact, I was at a meeting with him this week, and, uh, and he, he is committed to this. Mm, that's good to But know. it just shows you, you may, you may be very committed to, an, to something, doesn't mean you can go down, to, you know, you're also dealing with many other issues. Of course. Um, he's done a lot, he's done a lot for this, he truly has. And Boston, you know, is one of the leading places for this, but um, it also has some of the best informed police. Mm-hmm. It does, uh, and and they continue to educate themselves, and they mm-hmm. continue to to try to you know intersect what's happening online and stuff like that. So I, I have to say that. Um, well, it comes down to the police forces, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, the judges too. And in the once these girls, a lot of times, uh, mostly what a pimp will do is he will get the girls involved in petty crime. Mm. Because that gives them a that gives them an arrest record, and if you are uninformed, as a lot of law enforcement, I, I won't say this about Boston, but uh, and I'm not partial, <laughs> but throughout the country, people truly law enforcement does they look at these girls as just bad girls, yeah, bad girls who, who just want to be there. Um, but so I mean, if, you, if you, they get in the courts and then they're looked at by by the judge as a bad person, you know. But now that these these police forces when they when they do have somebody in charge there who cares and they put the money into education it becomes a different story mm-hmm. you know and um i know we have a law in the books in boston that if if you are even caught soliciting sex uh i mean a, a buyer you want you're trying to buy sex and you're caught somehow online or through your business um uh, there's a thousand dollars fine. You're not even with the girl. There's a thousand dollars fine for that. So I mean, we're one, of, we're one of the few states that. And I'll tell you, where there's a big traffic area, and traffic meaning uh, which is a big time period where people are buying sex at between twelve and two o'clock in the afternoon. And it's. And what is the reason for that? I don't know. Maybe it's after lunch. They're thinking of what they're going to do after work, and they're making their arrangements. And a lot of businesses, and I know there are there are businesses. The mayor has gotten together in Boston, who are um, uh, who are onto are onto this now, and are finding or letting go of of employees of the people in their employee who are doing things like this. Hmm. It's it's yeah. Very, well, you have very opened bad. my eyes wide open. My goodness. Uh, well, yeah. I think my phone's going to run out. Maybe a second now. We'll wrap up shortly, hon. So, okay. you know, just for the audience and myself to kind of kind of close this, this eye-opening, much-needed conversation, if any one of us or we, someone we know, we, we think we either see or observe somebody that looks a little bit uh, tattered mm-hmm. or torn or exhausted or perhaps That's is right. a victim to this 
What is the best way? You mentioned a safe house, a rehabilitation. Well, no. well the, safe, no, we the best thing for them, yeah, the best thing for them to do is call this number. I'm going to give you. Okay, great. Go. Okay, well, ready? Go for it. Ready. Eight 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 three seven three seven eight eight eight. So that's eight 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 three seven three. 7888. You do not have to give your number. It is manned 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They speak like 50 languages. Um, you don't have to give your, you don't have to give your name. You could just say, here's what I'm looking at. And I'm looking at it here and I'm seeing this. They will get on it. Um, and they will, and, and so that when this, um, this 888 number and then this location, when they get this information and they start noticing that they're getting in a lot of calls into certain areas, they really get on it. Yeah. So that's very helpful to do that. If you see a massage parlor in your area that you're, that you're just sort of wondering about or whatever, call this number. You've, you've lost nothing. Okay. Yeah. I am going to, yeah. everybody, write that number down, put it in your phone. You never know when you That's might right. need it, and you might be saving Well, if you want the information, yeah, yeah, if you want any information, that's called Polaris Project, P-O-L-A-R-I-S, Project. There are two kids out of Brown University about 20 years ago that started this. This is the biggest nonprofit that we have in this country on uh, on labor and sex trafficking. They've done an amazing job, and uh, you, I've uh, taken two online courses from them online, and they, they, uh, they also get, give you information on anything. Just go online. PolarisProject.org uh, or .com, and um, you'll get to them, and you'll 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 get a you know they they know everything there, and they keep they keep talk about charts and graphs. They have plenty of them. Well, I have to commend you for your dedication and commitment to this atrocity and um, you know devastating. Um, I don't know, uh, epidemic, really. Right, it and, is an epidemic. And I, I am really all about being an advocate for women and um, empowering them. And we have to True. be an impetus and a, a voice for those that can't speak. So we're all about That's building true. awareness. So people, please, uh, you know, see this as an uh, important uh, topic. Uh, I know it's a difficult topic and a controversial topic, but... As a mother um, and as a woman, uh, you know, all of us out here know that we need to help others. And uh, so, Joan, thank you for reaching out and thank you for being a part of our community. Uh, Elizabeth and I both uh, thank you. And uh, how thank you, Paulette. You? Thank you for thank you for your interest and thank you. That's huge support for us and it's important. Yeah, I mean, it's appreciated and it's it's felt, and I want to thank you for that. My pleasure. And if anyone would like to uh, um, have you come and speak at their business or their organization or their uh, community, um, uh, you know, offering, how would, would the best way for them to get a hold of you personally to have you well, come and speak at their event? I can give you my email or however you want me to do it. Well, whatever is actually tell for you. This is just go Yeah, for I it. can give you my email. I'll yeah, put it it's in the show Joan Barry. It's nice. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, it's Joan Barry, J-O-A-N-B-A-R-R-Y, at Comcast.net. They can get in touch with me by email. Okay, great. So Joan Barry at Comcast.net is the best way to get a hold of you. 
And right, I really right. love you giving the suggestion of Polaris Project for Education and that 800 number or 888 number for Oh, yeah. An uh, you'll get anything you want to know. And uh, if there's something you want to know you're not getting information on, ask them. They will get it for you. It's amazing. Well, thank you, Joan. I commend you once thank again. Thank you, Paulette. And please, everyone, reach out to Joan if you'd like to have her speak. She is, as you can tell, an enthusiastic, educated, and informative uh, aware awareness advocate. So, thank, thank you, you Paula. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye bye. Pleasure. Talk soon. Bye bye. Bye bye.